This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth. Presented by Core Water. Hey, welcome in to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, Scott DeHuff producing the show. Uh, Got to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Core Water. Perfectly balanced pH level of 7.4 to match your body's pH level. I'm telling you what, I love Core Water. Crisp, clean, award-winning taste. Um, the one with the big blue cap, giant suck hole. You can get a lot of uh, every time I go to the gym. I got a bottle of Core Water with me. Core Water, it's absolutely awesome. And like I said, matches your body's pH level perfectly, which is science. It's just going to make you feel better, as far as you know. So anyhow, anywhere water is sold, as far as you know, it's the greatest ever. Uh, I love it. I drink it all the time. I actually got an email. As far as you know. Yeah, I, I got an email the other day that it has, uh, well, let me just look at this because this is going to be very interesting. And not to go off on a whole long core water tangent, but I think this is something you should probably know about core water. Um, and somebody emailed me this that listens to the podcast. So let me see if I can find this. Okay, wait. Hold on. In okay, efforting. Here we go. Okay. So this is from um, Spencer Houghton. Okay, and he said, "Hey, man. Now this is this is serious. I just got this email. Your core product water uh, has some other benefits that you're not mentioning. Number one, the plastic is BPA free. That's huge. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds important because it's capital BPA free. So sure, you've got BPA that, stands for something. Well, I would imagine it stands for that. But uh, wait, I'm it, just it guessing says, it." Well, he says that most plastic bottles, they will it will leach plastic into the water. It's BPA free, so it's like- it stands for bisinophil A. It's an industrial chemical that has been used to make certain plastics and resins since the 1960s. Yes. So if it's not included. That's a good thing. Right, exactly, because otherwise it leaches into the water, and then you get the bicynical arson mm-hmm. into your system. Right. It's the official term. Don't try to pronounce that at right. home. So this guy happens to be suffering and, and battling cancer. So he said that's really important. And um, and anyhow, so uh, all the best to you, man. Good luck all to Spencer. Spencer. Yeah, yeah all the best to you, Spencer. I think that's what he said. Wait a minute. Uh, yeah, possible health effects on the brain, behavior, yeah. and prostate gland of fetuses, infants, and children. All right, well. Hey, and he says, plus, doctors have told me that drinking pH-balanced water is a good way to mitigate the side effects of chemotherapy. All right. All right. Well, Spen- hey, Spencer, thanks for the note. I appreciate Thank it. You Thank listening. you so much. Yeah, appreciate and thanks that. for listening, man. And uh, all the best to you and your family, and uh, just thoughts and prayers with you, my friend. So, anyhow. Um, that's, uh, that's the fine folks over at Core Water. Wow, that was a long Core commercial. That was a long Core right. commercial. I could, I could skip them for the next two weeks. That's right. <laughs> but I won't because I love them. Because you love them. Yeah. Y- you know, I love to make fun of you football players. I love to call you guys cattle. 
you know, uh-huh. move them in, move them out, rawhide. Right. You know, yeah, you yeah. guys just don't have a spine or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Play, sure. Owners take advantage of you, and you guys don't put up any kind of fight. But I'm starting to wonder if you guys are developing a spine. You noticing what's going on around the league? Players don't seem to be afraid right now to hold out. Right. You know, you flex know what, their muscles a little bit. You know, it's it really, you start, you know, you start looking back to Le'Veon Bell, who held out for an entire year, got moved over to the Jets, right? And and then you've seen this kind of trickle effect right now. So all of a sudden, it's Antonio Brown, forces his way out of Pittsburgh, right? Gets what he wants, you know, the greasy will, or the squeaky will, excuse me, gets the oil, not the greasy will, but the squeaky will gets the oil. And look at what he got. He got, he got, ousted or got booted out of Pittsburgh, got himself the new contract that he wanted, new three-year deal that restructured his contract, made him the highest-paid receiver, I believe, in the league, right? And now he's in Oakland where, you know, they're, they're going to feed him the ball and feature the guy. And, and why wouldn't you? I mean, six straight years of over 1,000 yards. But he gets what he wants. Now all of a sudden I'm seeing Trent Williams, offensive tackle of the Washington Redskins, who's one of the finest offensive tackles in football when he's healthy. He has spent some time injured, but when healthy, he's one of the best in the business. He's holding out for a new contract. Malcolm Jenkins, the safety from the Philadelphia Eagles, holding out for a new contract. I mean, you, you, Duke Johnson is saying, hey, man, I want to be traded now. The running back for Cleveland after they brought in other guys going, I, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to be, you know, I want a new deal as well. Like you're seeing a situation, the empowerment of um, – the empowerment of of the player right now. Yeah, but it's still June, still early June. These words kind of ring a little hollow to me until you're actually backing up by sitting out games in September and October. Now, Le'Veon Bell, he did that, mm-hmm. but I he's he's it. He's the one person sample size. I got to see more guys. Okay, well, let me give you let me give sitting you sitting out games okay, but, and, and sitting wait, out seasons wait. before I start to feel like they're really flexing Here, their muscles. But here's the deal with this with the guys who are stars, Mike, they make enough money and they've made enough money to where if they sit out for a few games and it's a couple hundred thousand dollars or it's a million bucks, they don't like they've got so much money or they've made so much money or their contracts are so big that they're not worried. About sitting out. So Le'Veon Bell, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, he was the first to do it, but Antonio Brown threatened, was a pain in the ass, right. and got what he wanted. Well, okay, now you're talking about a difference. Are, are guys going to sit out chunks of games and bypass game checks to make their point, or are they just going to become pains, uh, pain in the ass? Well, I'll give you another for instance. They'll and, play, and, but they'll be a pain in the right. ass. Here's another for instance. Russell Wilson put a deadline on the Seattle Seahawks and said, "You're gonna, you're gonna, I'm gonna get a new contract by what was it, April fifteenth, or like I'm not negotiating with you guys, right?" And what happened? All of a sudden, April fifteenth at about midnight, he releases an Instagram video. We've agreed to terms. Yeah, but come on, franchise quarterbacks walk in a different. Well, I but I understand that. But all I'm saying is that different universe. Okay, franchise franchise players. So now all of a sudden you've got a franchise left tackle and Trent Williams who's saying, hey, I want a new contract. A guy that's it's been a great safety, a franchise-type safety, and Malcolm Jenkins saying the same thing. You know, you, you all I'm saying is as players at this point feel more empowered 
to to buck the trend than they ever have. And teams, I think, Mike, teams are collapsing, and teams will continue to collapse. Do you know why? Think about this. Think about what has happened in this league. All right? So we had the whole concussion thing. Now, the concussion thing was, you know, the CTE and all this stuff and the league – you know, lied to its players for 20 years and settled a huge lawsuit. So then it became safety, safety, safety. We've got to make sure that we're not beating our players up and you will make concessions. You know, we're going to keep the revenues high and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And what we'll do is the concessions we'll make to you guys because you don't have a backbone is we'll put less practice time and less time hitting and only 14 padded practices and this, that, and the other. So, you know, the law of unintended consequences. What's happened? Well, you look at the quality of football today, quality of football is not very good. The development of players is not very good, especially along the line of scrimmage. I travel around for Fox calling games, and I get pulled beside by general managers all the time. What would you do to fix the state of the game? What would you do to fix the state of offensive line play? What would you do, you know, the the line of scrimmage play? How would you address this? Because we're not practicing anymore. I get this question all the time. Hell, the Saints flew me out to New Orleans to do a, a tutorial and a clinic on offensive line play. Like, I'm getting this all the time. And the reason that the law of unintended consequences, the reason this will continue to happen, Mike, is because there's very few players right now that you can rely on. Like, because you're not developing a younger generation of players. So I think the player has more leverage now than the player probably ever has at any point. And they're they're seeing, because of what Le'Veon Bell did, they're seeing that, hey, man, if I flex my muscles and if I'm willing to to sit out or I'm willing to, to threaten, like, I've got probably more leverage than I have. Like, you think about, you think about teams right now. You're one or two players away, one or two injuries away from being a a competent team, a, a competitor, a, a team that's got you know Super Bowl aspirations to being a team that's wait till next year. I mean, that's that's the where where the league is right now. So really interesting to watch these players basically say, "No, I want you know I want my money. I want to get." I want to get paid. We had it here in Denver. Chris Harris Jr. Yep. Chris Harris Jr. had a year left on his contract. They obviously, he's a four-time straight four, straight last four years has gone to the Pro Bowl. You're like, he basically told them, I've got $8.5 million last year in my contract. I want more money. And you know what the Broncos did? They gave it to him. They could have said, nope, we'll call you bluff. Sit out. They gave him a one-year deal. There's no security. There's no future. They just decided to dump three and a half million, about three point whatever million more on him. Just to keep him happy. Just to keep him happy. Yeah. So it's a really interesting time in the league. You see, uh, Wilson says he wants to play till 45. I did see that. So that's the. That's the new standard now. That's the new standard now. Don't we we actually have to get a quarterback to that standard before we say that's the new standard? We've we've got. Who? Brady's Brady's 41. 41. Now I know Breeze is 40. 40. I know Brady keeps saying that he's going to play till 45, but don't you have to see him actually do it before we start making, you know, 45 the new 35 when it comes to NFL quarterbacks? I just I don't I get 
what what's the 41 42 what the hell's the difference 42 41 40 like do you think all if you've already made it to 41 and you still have a skill set you think all of a sudden you know you're gonna like all of a sudden you're just like you're like a piece of crepe paper uh, that's you're a just great po- rip okay or, that's a great question so, right? so, so do you reach a point playing nfl quarterback where skill set doesn't really matter as much when when does that happen well, I why mean, does it happen? Right, I think Brady still has, and and Drew Brees obviously still have a great skill set, but I think you reach that point and you have that level of football acumen, and you you have that level of of understanding that I think you look at it and go, whatever whatever diminishing skill set I have, whatever my skills diminish too, and remember Brady never ma- made it on athleticism, right? I mean, he's always been able to throw the ball, obviously, but he's never made it on athleticism. Whatever skill you, whatever skill diminishes, whatever level that that diminishes, your knowledge of the game. And Brady said it, man. I have the answers to the test. Why would I quit now? Your level of understanding is so high that you can make up. You can make up with understanding. You can make up for whatever skills diminish. And and at that point. They'll diminish some, but they're not going to like. It's not like overnight. It's not like, you know, food you'd leave on the counter and it just rots. It doesn't happen overnight. Okay, but don't you have to factor in the idea that at some point there's going to be some decline? Okay, they can't go on doing this at one particular level forever. So there's going to be some sort of decline. So then doesn't it? Doesn't the next X factor become, is that player, let's say Brady, mm-hmm. okay playing at a level that's not his level? Now, maybe it's still good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Sure. Heck, there's there, there there are plenty of NFL starting quarterbacks that you look at and you're like, wow, how, mm-hmm. can you believe he's a starting quarterback? So if he wants to continue to play, he probably could. Right. But... Don't these guys, haven't they created a standard that they feel uh, an obligation to to play to, and they're not going to settle for anything less? And that is what will drive them out of the game. Okay, I'll 100% I'll give you that. And I think you're you're right on the money. But if you can still play at a really high level, and maybe you know your skills have diminished to a point, but you're still playing at a really high level and you're still helping your team win – and helping your team compete for a championship, why would you quit? See, I I will tell you one of the things that drove me as an older injured player. Like, I always thought that anybody could play when they felt well. Like, I feel like shit, and I'm still playing at a really high level. Like, there's the game within the game. I think when you're the ultimate competitor, Mike, there's this game within the game. Can I still go out here and perform with my advanced age, with my injuries, can I still go out here and whip the ass of a guy that's six, seven, eight, ten years younger than me, and and still do it at a very high level, and impose my will upon that guy just because from the neck up I just understand this game better than he does? Like, there's do you, do you understand for me the challenge that's involved in that? The like the satisfaction you get when you say, "Man, I put it on a guy that's half my age, and I can barely walk." 
and yet I still am I, I still am skilled enough. Like there's a, a game within a game, a competition within a competition that absolutely as a player drove me. It drove me. And so if you're a Tom Brady and you're 42 and you're like, yeah, I, I can't, you know, I can't quite you know, shove it down the field like I used to shove it down. I can't drive it like I used to drive it, but I'm still pretty damn good, and I still give our team the best chance to win a championship. Are you going to still be okay playing? I, you know, I think. I mean, I think each guy individually has to answer that question. You know, when I decided to retire, because my last year, I had hurt my knee the the first game of the season. I injured it in training camp, had surgery. Played the whole the first the four quarters right. There was like two minutes left. Getting a two minute drive, I caught my knee in the turf and it was just excruciating. And I knew, oh shoot, I did something. Um, and I played through that for the next three or four weeks, Mike. And I was playing at such a high level. I thought to myself, shoot, if if this will eventually subside, I'll be okay. Even though it was killing me. And I'm like, I'm gonna sign another three year deal. I'm playing that well. And then. It didn't get better. It got worse, and it deteriorated. And it got worse and worse and worse to the point where now I was now I was a, a, a hindrance to my team winning. Now I was no good anymore. Um, I couldn't move anymore. It was so bad. And at that point, I'm watching myself on film going, you suck, and you're not helping your team. And that's when, that's when for me, it was like, that's it. I'm done. I can't. I, I mean, I cannot. I can't put myself in front of this team or ahead of this team, and I'm not helping this team right now. Well, if you get to that point, then I think the decision is really easy. But if you can, if you can sit there and convince yourself I'm better than anybody else, and I still make my team a viable contender, why would you quit? Health. You know, it, it all comes back to health. And and I was kind of chuckling this week because I saw Les Snead, the general manager of the Rams, came out and said. Yeah, don't expect to see Todd Gurley. Don't expect to see our regulars mm-hmm. throughout training camp, preseason. Um, Anthony Lynn, the coach of the Chargers, taking notes, said, I, I think we're going to do the same thing. Right. And the, the the preseason just continues to become more and more of a joke, more and more of a farce. The, the idea that you poor fans out there have to pay full freight for preseason games is – it, 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 it's a crime. I mean, it really is. And I guess encouraging that Roger Goodell came out and said, hey, I don't like four preseason games either. You only need two. Right. I mean, yeah. here's, here, well, here's what he had to say. I've been pretty strong on our preseason. I, you know, I think things evolved over the years. I'm not sure, you know, talking to the coaches that four preseason games is necessary anymore to, to get ready for a season. Um, to evaluate players, to develop players. Um, there are other ways of doing that. And we've had a lot of discussions about that. And, you know, I feel like what we should be doing is always of the highest quality. And I'm not sure preseason games meet that level right now. Well, I, I mean, I think what Roger Goodell is basically saying is, hey, guys, let's grease the skids. Collective bargaining agreement's coming around in 2021. We want 18 games. I mean, that's... That to me is what he's saying is like, do you really think Roger Goodell's sitting around going, boy, we've got to do something to solve this preseason thing. Like uh, we're gouging our fans and um, it's just not fair to our fans. <laughs> yeah. uh, it really isn't. <laughs> right. And uh, the quality of football here just isn't up to our standards. No. I mean, like you saying the right things, but what you're, what you're saying is 
we want to go to 18 games because we want to get more television revenue, right? We're going to create more revenue, and the rest is up to you guys. Um, you know, with that said, you go to 18 games, then what are you willing to give up? Because uh, players certainly don't want to go to 18 games. Why not? The wear and tear on your body. Well, I would I would think that they would try to mitigate that. Again, you're not going to be playing in the preseason. Preseason will be what it is. You don't Officially, play, it'll be you a joke. You don't and you'll probably the... have two you'll probably get two bye weeks thrown into a season, won't you? Probably. <laughs> Take away the fact that you're playing two more games where you're getting beat up. I mean, think about think about as a player, the preseason. All right, in, in today's game. You don't play anyhow, right? So all you're doing is practicing. You're not playing games. Now all of a sudden I'm going to take two games away that I don't play in anyhow as a player and then add two more games to real games where I got to go out and, and lay it on the line? Yeah, but you're going to get paid more money. And you guys, you and the, there is a pot of revenue that you guys, along with the owners, do divvy up. Mm-hmm. and. The pot's going to get bigger because sure. people are. What, what football fan out there is going to say no to two more? No, of football course, games? of course they're not. They're gonna they're gonna love it. They're gonna love it. But let's you know let's not compare it. Let's not make it an apples to apples comparison. I mean, taking away two preseason games, you know, I mean, here's the thing about preseason games. Anyhow, is you probably would do you probably get you know as much evaluation done now because. You think about it, the day before the playoff, the, the the preseason game, you're doing a walkthrough. Then there's travel day to the game, right? But you're doing a walkthrough. Then then you know you take five or six snaps as a starter, or seven snaps, and you're done. Then you're standing around the rest of the time. And the day after is a day off, and you watch the film. Like for me, preseason games are great because I'm getting a day off before I'm I'm you know playing seven snaps, and then I've got the day off afterwards. It was a time of recuperation. But now, if you're just practicing through those things, joint practices and stuff, that's how you're going to determine who plays and who doesn't play. And those two preseason games, you know, ultimately, your your veterans, your starters are going to have to play some in those two pre- – well, maybe they don't. I mean, the Rams – I don't think the Rams starters took a snap until week one in, in preseason games. Now, they had some joint scrimmages and stuff, but – And it probably impacts the quality of play in the first quarter of the season. What we're seeing right. these teams well, with the but, way but they back it's off already, it. But it's already the, – the quality of play the first two or three weeks of the right. season's garbage anyhow. Right. So – but it doesn't seem to bother anybody. You know, people are still turning out for their football. Oh, yeah. And it's they, the regular season. It matters. So, okay, put – take off your, your player's hat if you, if you could mm-hmm. and just look at it as a football observer – it is the right thing to do. It's a, it's a good thing for football to expand to 18 games, isn't it? Um, Just as an observer of football. Right. And it's a, a good thing. For for the fan? Yeah. You, you well, know. I mean, that's ultimately what matters, yeah. right? I, 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 is yeah, it good I'm, for the fans? Well, I would, I would say, yeah, it's probably good. I think one of the things. Probably good. Come on. It's good. Well, the, fan, the fans are going to love it. Well, but, then it's good. Stop! Well, I don't, mean, the, don't get any further. There's a battle of attrition that goes on. Yeah, but who's going to care? Really? They, the, how are the fans going to worry about the war battle of attrition? They're just going to be like, "You're giving me. I'm a, I'm a crack junkie. You're giving me more crack." Right. I mean, it's good crack. Okay. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. One of the things that makes the NFL that sets it apart is the importance 
of every game, the fact that it's only a 16-game schedule, you only play, you know, once a week, like that part is appealing as opposed to, come on, baseball 162 games, there's a lot of games that don't really matter, right? There's an attitude that prevails. Look at the NBA and the National Hockey League with, with, what, 82 games. The NBA, I mean, there's load management days and there's, you know, um, there's a lot of that, that, that goes on that, you know, you, you look at that and, and I mean, come on, you knew coming into this thing, Golden State was going to be in the finals. Like there's no real suspense there. So at what point as you add more and more games, I mean, 18, when will it become 20? Like right. at what point do, do you lose some of that? Do you think two games does that? No, I don't think two games does that. I don't. Yeah, you know, it's hard for me to take off the players' hat because I just know what your body feels like at the end of a season, and to tack on two more games, like, you know, that's that's a hard that's a hard thing. What if you? What if it's like your team is like? Let's say your team is historically has been bad. Let's say you're the Jets, right? Historically, you've been bad. And by the way, Jets, except the fact that it, it's an open competition right now as to who we automatically think of now when we think of a doormat. It's not Cleveland anymore. No. So it's now, because it used to always be, yeah. imagine you're the Browns. Right, right? exactly. But now the, the factory we're, kind of, we're kind of taking bids to see who is it. So who is it now? Who's the next factory of sadness? Right. So, okay, so, so think about this. the Jets or... All right, so imagine you're the Cardinals, right? Right. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Who is it now? That's a great question. I mean, I think it's up for bids. Right. Cardinals pretty bad right now. I think I'd go with the Cardinals, wouldn't I? Wouldn't you? Well, because the recent history, but remember, under Bruce Arians, they were, you know, and and when they had a healthy Carson Palmer, they were were pretty good team. So sort of created a, 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 a culture of... Inferiority is what you're saying. All right, yeah. Well, then the Jets are strong. Okay, yeah. but let's say, for All instance, right. you're a huge Jets fan. Yeah. And you've seen futility for pretty much your entire life. Right. And all <laughs> of a sudden, the Jets are legit. And you get done with, you know, 16 games and you're leading the division. Okay. You're ahead of New England right now. And you're rolling in there. And you got your two games left, and all of a sudden Sam Darnold goes down with an ACL that's he's not touched. He just plants and goes down in weeks 18. You know, and then all of a sudden your hopes and your dreams have all faded. Who's their backup quarterback with the Jets right now? Is, isn't Josh McCown still? Is, is he still hanging around? But, but you're just – yeah, but people will adjust – and and so the idea of that happening in week 18, people will adjust to that just the same way that they would if this happened. Trevor Simeon. Trevor, oh, it is Trevor Simeon. That's T-Sim. T-Sim. So, oh, you're fine then. Right, because... He's just going to roll you right into the playoffs. You thought the Broncos made a yeah. mistake with Trevor Simeon, that they had found their quarterback for the next 12 I years. They, well, until Should they just got... 12 it, million a year. Right, until they got the crap beat out of you him. Know? Yeah, he could have been, been special. But you just adjust to it. You adjust to, oh my God, I can't believe that happened to us in week 18, just like you'd feel the same way if you were in the middle of a, what, 
you know, ten and five season, and it happened in week sixteen. It's gonna listen, man. It doesn't matter. It's gonna all you gotta do it's is gonna just, happen. You're just gonna adjust the goalposts right. a little bit. It's you gonna just, it's gonna happen. They're gonna go to eighteen games. Yeah. So and so the, from a player standpoint, what do you what do you need to get? Deal to, with it. What, well, no, like what, it or lump it. What do you need to get from the league? What do you want? Well, you want some stuff that you won't get, but and then you'll settle for you know some free Tupperware and. Uh, Remember, this is all coming up on the idea that you know we're supposedly we're hearing the saber rattling from the players. Oh, we mean it this time. You know, twenty twenty one, we mean right. business. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. How's that? We're serious work? about this this time. <laughs> yeah. Right. This time we're serious. This time, the NFL's already sent out the players' association already sent out a memo. Save your money. Right. Right. We're going to war. We right. need a war chest. <laughs> right. Yeah. The war chest. How many times have I heard that? <laughs> Save your money. <laughs> July 25th. We'll take it! <laughs> Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Just give it to Just us. give me we, money. I need money. We need to get those camp checks. <laughs> Gosh, it's just a sad reality. It's a sad reality. You guys are just such sheep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> just a bunch of wussies. <laughs> All right, with that said, uh, uh, that's uh, you know what, you've depressed me. I know. That's enough. Let's get you perked up with some core water. Okay. Hey, I'd like to thank get our presenting pH sponsor, the great people at Core. I'm going to go have some pH balanced water without the BPA or the APBs or whatever it is that is bad. Bad. Core water, good. BPA, bad. Is that right? That's right. All right. There you have it. Uh, For Mike, myself, for Scott, thanks for listening to the Stinky Truth Podcast. We'll be back with you later.